0: Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders to influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast.
1: What do we want to talk about today? What's on your mind? Mark, you're going to help me out here today.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I was actually thinking this morning, I'm interviewing a a friend later today on my podcast, and he and I always argue about, you know, essential skills or soft skills versus just get the job done type of thing. And we banter back and forth. But the question that popped in my mind is when is when is it okay to say at work, is it okay to say when you're not doing well when you're off and i was thinking like never or to the appropriate person or you know where where does transparency come in in the workplace where you're allowed to not be okay and need help i read a story yesterday on linkedin that i thought was very inspiring single mom had a teenage daughter had a car accident and she was just sharing how the company supported her and and helped her and how her boss just really stepped up and i thought wow that's a great culture that they've got going so i just anyway that sparked where i thought i don't know if anybody's interested in talking about that or not but
1: is it okay to say i'm having a bad day today when you come to work or is it okay to say i'm struggling or when is it okay to say that
2: yeah i was thinking like if you're in a season of struggle not always just a day A day i think most people would say hey i'm off today i'm they might even just take the day off, right? So, um, but if you're kind of in a season of struggle or if there's stuff going on at home, I deal with this all the time because being a relationship coach, you know, the things that are going on at home absolutely affect work and vice versa, right? So I just wonder when it's, when is it okay? If anybody had any thoughts on that?
1: I like that this topic, Mark, in the last two or three weeks, most of my coaching has been around people that, that are overwhelmed, yeah. struggling with something at home or with their personal life, and they still have to show up to work because that's, first of all, that's their escape from whatever is going on. But they're showing up to work not 100%. And they don't have the resources to say, I'm actually burnt out. What do I need to do? So it's a great conversation. And Tracy and Tim, I'd love to hear from you because you're at the other end, which is you're the leaders and seeing how you'll work with people like that.
3: I think it's totally okay just to say, I'm not 100% today. And to me, it's not looked like, you know, you're a fail right now. It's just your reality. And that you say, you know, it's okay to not be at full throttle 24 seven. That, you know, maybe I need to, there is something that, I could, you know, talk with my peer on a project. Hey, I'm just, I'm not able to give this my full attention than I want to. And let's move it out a couple of days, you know? And, you know, if there's definitely something that needs to happen right now, I mean, I get that. You need to be focused on that. But I feel, I don't think you should put yourself down just because, oh my gosh, there's just so much. And you really have to take it like I've said with my daughter, you know, that what you see is like all these birds in front of you, you know, there's just several birds. And so just take it bird by bird, you know, don't think you have to just grab everything and it's got to be done now. Because that just doesn't work. Because <laughs> it, it just makes your personal relationship or your personal issue that much worse to you.
1: I like that. And Tracy, I wish all the leaders that we train would be like you to allow that space to be opened up. One of the things that we we'll would be working on right now is uh, something called neurodiversity. And, you know, we have laws in place about D&I, right? Diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. We have laws on making sure that you're able to hire and should hire disabled people, but there's nothing around that says neurodiversity. Neurodiversity is People that are dealing with mental health issues, people that are dealing with addiction issues, people that are dealing with dyslexia, for example, or autism. There's really no laws in place for that. Now, it's up to the individual people to manage that. Mental health is such a big issue right now. I think the stats are like six out of 10 people are dealing with this. And it's hard to know that you're dealing with it until you break or you're just really good at hiding it. And I've got a note here for a topic, and it said, how do I authentically show up? And this is right, right exactly what, we talk, what we're on. So, Mark, you and I are on the same page today. How do you authentically show up at work, in your life, wherever you are, and actually say, listen, folks, I'm having a bad time right now. I don't know what's going on. I'm actually struggling. And is there a place that you can actually say that to in your, in your workplace, or with your friends. Are you able to do that? If not, what's stopping you?
2: Do you think that COVID and, you know, the great resignation and all, everything that's going on, do you think it's opened it up to be more okay to talk about these things? Or do we think that it's actually hindered it even more?
3: Well, I mean, to me, I think it's hindered it because it's definitely the cause. I mean, just in recent interviews about a month ago, There's a a candidate, you know, that that came forward and it was just so obvious how that isolation had closed them in without that person even realizing how they're coming across. You know, was just like it, it it was it just broke my heart to see this person. Because it was so obvious that all this isolation and not getting out there among people that it just you could just see it. And where we just haven't interacted that way before.
1: Again, it's ecology for being attuned to that, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Understanding what this person could be managed, uh, dealing with. Now mm-hmm. How do we manage as leaders or as individuals? How do we manage that when we see that from others? And we see that, that body language shape. You can understand what could possibly be happening. I can only tell by the hello where they're at. Now, how do you manage that? And do
0: you open that up for yourselves? If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip. Forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip VIP forward slash audience. Now back to the program. And then or the other question is if you're
1: having that moment of I'm I'm done. I'm having a bad day. Something's happened out there. Or I'm actually struggling with something and it's being ongoing. How are you managing that?
3: I'm just taking the day off. <laughs>
1: In the yeah, and then when you take the day off, what happens at that point? Are you allowing yourself to sit in that pain for the day No. Or are you finding some tools to no,
3: I'm. I'm finding, you know, a way that that almost feels like, okay, now I can breathe deeper and I can kind of really look at the real picture of whatever this is, you know, or what is happening. I could focus more on that person or that issue to find, okay need a way, find a way to ease this. You still got to find a way to, that work is work and home is home. And which is, I guess, kind of nice that I'm realizing it is better to be back to work in person and among each other, that that is still just work. And now when you go home, okay, yeah, that's my home. That's my respite. That's, that's my time. And that's where it should be. Because a lot of businesses, You know, or agencies, they're still working remote, even now, and it there doesn't seem to be even an inkling of, oh gosh, you know we're we'll probably never get back to the workplace in person. That's kind of the extreme. The other way to me, you know, is like now's the time to get out there, get back to breathing, living, being among people because that's that's what we are. We're not meant to. Live in
4: isolation. I have the um, same situation with my mother going on right now as well. Is she is already has social anxiety, and due to COVID, it's like it's made it ten times worse. Mm-hmm. So I I know that she's not going to come visit me. We live two provinces away, so I'm going to head out like just tomorrow actually to go visit her, but fully prepared that we're going to be in lockdown in her home because that's where she feels safe and comfortable now and that it's because she already had those issues but she had to leave the house and the, the last two years has just kind of made it a lot worse
2: even for young people my daughter is 29 mm. and uh she she's a very highly she's a vp of the company she works for so she's very achieved and uh she she doesn't want to work, and she wants to work at home. she's not going back into the office uh, and she's she's nervous about coming out to meeting and going out and being social and uh, it's really affected, affected her and her husband. and so the other thing is interesting, Tracy, I think that like actually home and work life have blended a lot more because mm-hmm. of working at home, and I think that it's it's hard to unlock that door, right? You know, I wonder if it's an irreversible damage in the sense, unless somebody really truly wants to change it. But the way I'm hearing people speak right now, clients and, and others, is including my daughter, is like, no, this this is the new normal. This is okay. It's like no, it's not okay. <laughs> you know, i be careful how I tell her that. But right. But yeah, that's very interesting.
4: I was lucky enough to be actually out in COVID working outside of the home but at the same time I didn't have that safety to go to my boss and say if I was not doing okay so there is that piece of I need to feel safe in saying that I'm having some stuff go on and if I'm not working at like 100% Julie I'm so sorry but they kind of wonder like what's going on how are you doing you know like she's not doing the best that she can right now instead of like me being able to go and say that to them is was really really hard for me, mm. and I did not feel safe. And then they just kind of assume that I'm just doing a bad job.
2: That's frustrating. We need
4: <laughs> to create that environment for for people yeah. where they do have they have the safety of going to you and saying, mm. "Hey, look, I have this going on right now. If I'm not producing the way I should be, please understand it's not because I'm not here. It's because I'm really trying to work through stuff."
2: Yeah. So you bring up a. a- a point that I'm maybe this is too fifty thousand foot level or whatever, but I just feel like we've got a leadership crisis in the world all the way around, <laughs> and uh, I I wonder how do we <laughs> how do we how do we get more leaders like Tracy? I like how of what do we do? And and Tim, how do we develop people that have that A personality or that driven? You know, we we talk in a blind spot language. It would be that uh, competitor that, you know, energizer, how do we help train them in these essential skills that I started with today, like of, of relating and making it safe for you, Julie, it's, it absolutely should be a safe space, right? Uh, maybe it's too big of a question for us oh, to answer. Mark, that's a, Mark, that's a great question because be. I, I think somebody's going to start asking it, like, are we going to just let the thing keep going, status quo keep going, or what yeah. can we, what can we do? I know, you know, we can all be more empathetic. We could all be more whatever, but I'm just saying, I wonder I wonder if anybody kind of is seeing what, what kind of shift needs to take place in the mindset of the marketplace.
4: I think that with with leaders, it is one thing, but I think also people need to speak up when they're having issues happen. So even if I did, didn't feel safe, I think if they keep hearing from numerous people that they're having stuff go on, they're going to be like, we need to actually maybe figure out how to address this,
2: sure.
4: right? So it's just, it's maybe teaching individuals that it's okay not to be okay. And you can talk about it and you can not feel shame around it. And then if there's more of that, then employers are going to have to make the shift on how to deal with that.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think it starts with courage, but we need to encourage, you know, the word encourage means to give courage to somebody. I always, I've always said companies need a chief encouragement officer. Yeah. And,
4: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
1: But Mark, back to your question is, how do we work with leaders like this, right? Leaders need to be self-aware, period. And if they're not self-aware, they have been down this path of becoming a leader because they were good at sales. Now let me make you a sales manager. You were good at operations. They've been making an operations land, but they weren't self-aware. It was just the way things were. There's a reason why Kevin and I do what we do, is helping them self-aware. But the biggest challenge that we're hearing is employees are reaching out to us and saying we're having a challenge at work. The leader's not getting it. What do we do? So our answer to them is be open and vulnerable and tell them what you're dealing with and what you need. And if they can't provide that for you, it's time to move on because your health and your mental state is the biggest important thing. If you can't work with that leader, you can't go around that leader and really get your voice heard, it's something possible. Now, get your voice heard is not demanding something. It's being vulnerable and sharing what you're dealing with. And it's that back to that, we're
0: back full circle. How do you authentically show up? If you are in leadership at any level, From frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Audience. Now, back to the program. Okay. I'm struggling
1: with my relationship. I'm having just some major, major issues in my relationship. Even that requires conversation in the workplace because you can't show up out there differently. So, I'll, this is a short story. Not here, my stories. on the connector, right? So, when I had my IT company, we did some work with our coach and we said, you know what, we got to really understand what people are dealing with. So we put her, on a Sunday afternoon, I went to the office and I created a little uh, check-in, check-in counter. And on the front of the door, it said, check in your bags here, check-in bags here. And as soon as you open the door, I had a little counter and I had a suitcase. And people walked in Monday morning, they're like, what is going on here? I basically said, each one that came in, I said, you know what? Check-in your stuff with me. Check-in with me here right now. Where are you at? What's going on? And that was the start of a rule that we put in place. And when you come into, the, into our home, which is the office home, go say hi to everybody. And the last person you say hi to is me. Because I want to check in on how you are. If you're having a bad day, listen, talk about it. If you need to talk, talk about it. If you don't need to talk about it, great. Let's get on with it. And vice versa. If you're leaving this home, which is the work home, and going to your home place, go say bye to everybody. And come and say bye to me last. Because if there's an issue at work, I do not want you taking it home. And that shifted our culture night and day in one day. Because we allowed a space of speaking. We allowed a space of checking in. Problem becomes, is that person who's dealing with something is afraid to say, I'm having a relationship issue. I'm having this issue. My kid's dealing with this. I don't know how to manage it. What we're hearing is work is so important that they can't even afford to miss a half a day of paycheck. So they stifle it in and they keep it inside and they just show up. Second thing is work is my solace. If you send me home right now, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to be at work to hide from everything else. So this is what we're hearing. So I want to get from all of you. What is it that you're doing in your workplaces to allow this conversation to happen and, or are you able to be open and vulnerable to share a toy on? well
5: i mean i i found that in my last workplace when i was managing some people that with a lot of the work that i had done on myself and trying to be you know comfortable with what i you know what i was dealing with or what i had dealt with and how i was managing things therapy or you know what whatever things like that you know i was still not oversharing but i felt like i did try to kind of be open enough with the people that I was working with I wasn't hiding the fact that oh hey I've got a disappointment this afternoon or you know things like that and one of the people I worked with share with me that you know he was you know he, he was having issues with insurance where it was like the medicine that he had had you know that was managing some of his issues it wasn't covering it anymore and he so then he had been avoiding going and trying to find an alternative and that was actually what was affecting his work. So he, you know, shared that. But then that allowed me to get our insurance person involved to, you know, to kind of help him find, you know, the right sources to at least try to work on that, you know, that issue. Cause that was something that, you know, could actually help solve. But but without that conversation taking place, I probably wouldn't have known that and would have just thought that he was just you know, being you know, kind of you know be, being um, you know a bad employee and not you know not not doing his work or not staying focused or whatever it was, and when there was actually something bigger that in that situation we could actually help him, mm. but I think it did take me finally getting comfortable enough to you know not making my life an open book, but you know but kind of you know sharing some things like that 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 were you know, were a little less comfortable for me to, you know, in the past to share with other people that were not like close friends to kind of create that space for, you know, for somebody to, to actually say that they were dealing with with something and either may need help or just may need some understanding
4: of what, you know, kind of what they were trying to do to resolve the issue. I think there's such a power in being able to share. And for me, I'm I'm guilty. Um, of oversharing, to be quite honest. So, um, when I do, though, I'm always amazed at how people respond. Most of them actually don't see it as a weakness, which I thought it was for the longest time. And how they're going to respond to it is actually their responsibility, not mine. It's 100% emotional intelligence, right? So, I think that if other people can learn a little bit more about that and feel open to sharing, they'll realize that there's so much power in it. Because then you just made that other guy feel completely safe with saying exactly what was going on.
2: I was telling Mickey yesterday when we were talking that one of the number one growth, emotional intelligence growth patterns for me was taking responsibility. And so I needed to take responsibility for what I was feeling, what I'm experiencing, what I'm doing. And when I take responsibility, I believe, and then I can share it, that I believe that now I'm empowered. So much power in there. So much. I, I love
1: that you want to take responsibility. The issue that we, a lot of us have is that we don't understand what we're feeling. The biggest tool that we forget to do is really feel what we're feeling. And sit in it and really understand why you're feeling that and go through it. Uh, Mark and I had a really good conversation yesterday, and it was about getting to the root cause of that feeling. So for example, sad to lonely to abandonment. Great. That's how you feel. But get to the root cause of the abandonment. Where did that happen? And once you can get to that level, then that feeling of sad and loneliness will start dissipating. And or you'll know how to manage it when this comes in. And if you see a pattern in your feelings all the time, that's even more reason to start looking at the root cause of that feeling. We had an incredible dinner with three brothers of mine on on Friday night. And we're talking and first of all, the three of us aren't vulnerable at all. Now in the last six months, we've become really vulnerable and sharing a lot. And I was sharing you know, uh, I have shared with some of you that my dad passed away when I was three years old and it had a big impact on me of not having a father figure. But then as we we're talking like this at dinner table, my middle brother, who's nine years old, looks at me, goes, yeah, you and I have different perceptions of that. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I'm angry at him. I'm mad at him. I'm like, dad, who can you be mad at dad? And he goes, well, he left us so early. He didn't have to work so hard and- He's holding on to the resentment and anger. And this is a brother that actually had real anger issues growing up. And as he shared with us on Friday, you could just see him just changing. Like literally, I'm watching this brother of mine change in front of me because he got to the root cause of that. Not only he knew the root cause, but he got to share it with us. And then my oldest brother says, oh my God, I didn't know that. My perception of dad is just dad's just hero because he kept on helping people. Three different perceptions of the same situation, and they're all right. But understanding those feelings is where we need to be at. Heal it, whatever you're feeling right now. <laughs> Understand it, and we all there's. We're gonna go back to our birth conversation regarding how do you authentically show up, right? And this is authentic. We're all being authentic here. We're all showing up and sharing our feelings and understanding that, and. Mm. If we can do this ourselves around the people that we love and care for, your workplace will adapt. And I say that because you'll stand for what you believe in and your values. Mm -hmm. And your workplace will adapt. Doesn't mean the workplace will change, the leadership will change. You'll adapt to it or you'll make the change if it doesn't work. And that's, you know, I've worked with some of you on that situation over the last couple of years. And that's important. It's important to really stand for what your values are. And the only way you can start doing that is really digging deep on understanding what you're feeling at this moment. In coaching, there is an area where we take them into the feeling. Like when, when I'm doing coaching, we take them into the we let them sit there for a little while. And then we have to get them out of it. Right. Now, if you're dealing with a situation that you can't get out of it, We have to find different ways of doing this. So A stands for acknowledging it. We talked about acknowledging feelings today, right? But acknowledging your negative feelings, understanding what those are. C is for change. Change the perspective to something grateful. Now, it's not putting a silver lining on what you're dealing with. I'm dealing with X issue. It's not about putting a silver lining on it. It's about going into a gratefulness thought process. And what I have is I have a list of things I'm always grateful for. A couple of friends, a family member, mine a special coffee. I'm grateful for it. And anytime I go into a negative thought pattern, I go to my gratefulness, which is always there. I know it. It's easy to find it. And I sit there for 15 seconds. So E is for embracing that. Embrace that gratefulness for 15 seconds. And that gets you starting to rewire your brain from the negativity of that situation that you're in. So all day, um, if you're going through any negative patterns, start using ACE. Acknowledge, change perspective, and embrace it. Keep on doing this. And all of a sudden, that gap that you have of, you know, the three hours sitting in that murk of negativity, gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And in fact, it gets to seconds now if you started doing this more often. But it's not about ignoring that feeling, it's about understanding it, first of all, acknowledging it, and that acknowledgement
0: part could take 20 minutes, it could take an hour, but then change it and then embrace it. Thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage Podcast, brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global, a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.